0: Hi guys and welcome to Rewind the Movies. Now this week we are doing something a little bit different and we are looking at Akira. For those not familiar with Akira, it's a 1988 Japanese animated cyberpunk action film. Set in a dystopian future, it follows the leader of a bike gang whose childhood friend acquires incredible telekinetic abilities after a motorcycle accident. It's myself, Andrew Owen, and James Pogoddage, a.k.a. Prog, in this episode, and we're joined by Adam Flewellen from The Veil Cartoon. Now, Adam is a regular on the podcast, but he is a huge animation fan, so it made perfect sense that we scheduled a recording with him involved. Let's just jump straight into the episode and get everyone's thoughts. Right, picture the scene. A young Andrew Owen, probably, ooh, I don't know, 13, 14, got, got to an age where... My mum, you know was allowing me to watch films of a certain type. And you know I don't get me wrong, I'd seen probably quite a lot of films prior to this age anyway. But I was starting to be allowed to record any film I wanted from TV. and I always remember Akira coming on um, channel 4. And I, I hadn't knew much about it, but a couple of people had said to me, is this um, you know animated um, film? It's very violent. You know, check it out. Record it. So I always remember it coming on Channel Four, recording it, and then watching it for the first time. And it would have been my first sort of exposure to you know the manga style um, animation. Never had any sort of affiliation with the cartoon, um, the comics, previously before that. But I tell you now, from that day, I love this film to the moment I saw it. Um, You know the fact that it 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 was as violent as it was, and the fact that I hadn't seen anything like this previously. um, I'm I'm trying to rack my brains that oh my brain, sorry that um, of anything close to it I would have seen. There's a um, what at the time you mean? At the time, yeah, yeah. You know, don't get me wrong and i'm thinking animated now not like films a lot of what i watched before that animated was disney mm. possibly the closest i ever watched was ah oh, is it sovereign of the damned which was a, is a, a cartoon about dracula but it was a, one of marvels first films we have films. Told, we have, yeah, we have had it. this conversation we haven't got I, when is the rewind the movies on my film coming well, up well yeah it's on youtube we need to watch it but um but yeah, I would go as far as saying that this film is, and I would have used this word at the time, I reckon, but it's totally badass. I love, loved it. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I will admit, I didn't fully understand it when I first watched <laughs> it. And I'm not entirely sure I fully understand it now. And I've seen no. this film hundreds of times. Well, maybe not hundreds, but definitely tens of times.
1: I'm going to go along with you, but because I'm I'm certain, right, I am 90% certain that the recording that you had was the same version that I actually happened to stay up and watch. Because I think I remember definitely Channel 4, and it was about 11 o'clock, and I was flicking the four channels we had at the time, because uh, I had just finished watching something, I think. And, um, know, the opening of the, the bomb going off in the centre of Tokyo, I remember seeing that and I remember thinking, obviously noticing it was a cartoon and thinking, what's a cartoon doing on this late? And that bomb going off and I was thinking, right, okay, I'm intrigued here. So I, I watched for, I think I said... Not necessarily said it to myself, but I was like, I, I I, would normally have given it like five minutes or something. And obviously the bike chase happens and you've got, you know, that bike is just the best looking bike ever.
2: It's a unit.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. But what got me hooked on the film and the reason I stayed up till about one o'clock in the morning on a school night to watch it when I was about, thir- what, what did we say we were, 13 or 14, was the uh, scene where the guy is dragging one of the numbers through the streets and he gets mowed down by all those bullets. And I remember at the time being like, oh my God, I've got a violent animated film here. I am watching this. And like you, I hardly understood anything that was going on, but I was intrigued and I enjoyed it immensely and... It's gone on to become, like, one of my... I would say it was one of my favourite films up to a certain time.
0: I think the problem I had is I watched it then, but then I probably didn't watch it again for a long time. So maybe, maybe like you, I didn't record it. I'm just trying to think back. Maybe I just watched it on TV because I, I definitely didn't watch it for a number of years, and it wasn't until my later teens that I watched it again. Yeah. Come on in, and this is sort of your genre, surely. Oh, yeah. You love this shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so I didn't see this when I was a kid. I, I, well, I saw it as a teenager for the first time. But just for the for, for anime, I, I'll tell you when I first saw the poster. Though, so like when I was a kid, I don't know if you guys used to do this as well. But um, on like a Saturday or whatever, I'd go to town with my nan, and like we'd always go to like a catalog shop or like Woolworths or something. And did you guys used to just run over to the video section to look at yeah. the cartoon cartoons? Well, I always remember I used to go look at what cartoons they had on video, like Turtles and Ghostbusters and all that, and what films. And then suddenly I started seeing cartoons with 15 certificates and being like, what are these right here? And like, we're talking about films like Street Fighter Two, 18-rated ones like Urotsuka Doji, which is like a hentai, like anime porn, basically. And this one was always there as well. Like, I always just remember him on the bike. It was him doing that backskill on his bike on the front cover. And yeah. I was like, what is this? I was like, and my name would always be like, oh, no, we're not buying them. Because nah, they're too expensive and stuff like that. And like, I I'm wasn't,
1: again, we need to hark back to your childhood yet. It wasn't because of the rate. And it was because of the expense they, of them. They were always £10. <laughs> I always remember they were
2: like 10 or £15 a video. My name would be like, no, we're not doing that. So we'd always buy something like Samurai Pizza Cats so or like like three pound or something, and I'd be like, "I don't want Samurai fucking Pizza Cats. I want a I would
1: just down- Samurai go- Pizza Cats, an actual
2: cartoon. Yeah, an- is
1: really? An- I just made
2: that up. No, no, I- Samurai Pizza Cats is. I always remember getting that from the video. I always remember the day when I, I watched Street Fighter Two and I had Samurai Pizza Cats and like, which actually is also an anime. It's actually an anime as well. Um, but um, I remember. I just remember that. Um, a bit of a deep cut but um, look. um by the way to anyone listening to this right now go and listen to the theme song and watch the YouTube video theme song for Samurai Pizza Cats one of the best cartoon openings of all time but yeah um, many many years later a friend of mine I, when I was in school he was like a year or two above me in school and then um, he was actually going to the college and doing the media studies course I would go on to do later on he was he, he told me what an anime was because we there's nobody into that he said to me I watch anime and I was like what's anime? And he was like, it's Jack. He, he also hated people calling them cartoons. He would be like, no, they're not cartoons. They're anime. He'd be like, all the time, even though we kind of like cartoons. Um, but uh, yeah, I've always remember like, um, I went to his house one day after school or whatever, when I was hanging out, and he had like this loads of these anime manga films on his shelf. And he lent me this in a duo box in the double, remember the double cassette boxes you used to get back in the day? He had a double box of this. And I remember watching it. I probably would have been on fourteen, and just like Andrew and yourself, I was like, "That was amazing," but I don't know what the hell that was. I have no idea what any of that was about. But I kind of kept going back to it and back to it over the years. And um, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite films of all time. I a huge influence this one is, and um, it's, it seems to always be like everyone's first gateway anime movie. Whenever you whenever you speak to like big anime fans, this is always one of the big first. It, it was You're- one
0: of the first films that. Of that sort of genre that made it mainstream, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, like this, you had like this. What's the other one that came out? No, it didn't. It came out much many years later. But um, at Ghost the same, in the uh, Shell. yeah, I saw Ghost in the Shell at the same time. And then I saw I'd seen Street Fighter Two before this, as well. That was a, that was the first ever anime I saw. Is the Street Fighter Two film? Do you know what
0: really threw me? I think for years, that the film is called Akira. But the main character in it, Kalkanida, um, was was ca- I always thought for years like he was Akira and the film was about him. But yeah. it's not, it's Did about you... this other being.
2: Well, that's what I always thought when I was, because I used to look at it and be like, oh, the last, you just trying of think, oh, that's Akira, his name's in the box. But then, no, it's, it's the um the sort of the reason World War Three happened in this universe, isn't it? And stuff. He's like a psych, super psychic monster.
1: Uh, can I ask you, um, you're an animator. Is, would you say this is this is one that heavily influenced you into going into animation, or is it um, more to do with the South Park and Simpsons and stuff?
2: Well, first off, I mean, like, for the animation, I'm not... I, 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 even though I do animate stuff, I'm not, like... I don't consider myself a pro-animator, because I kind of... It's sort of, like, you know, it's crappy sort of, like, cartoons and stuff, but uh, the influence the, the of the animation for me was always, like, internet cartoons and, like, Flash cartoons and things like South Park and stuff. There's no way. I mean, I there's no way on this earth I could sit down and make something as good as Akira. No chance. Like, that is groundbreaking animation in this. I mean, I would go on a limb and say this. I mean, if anyone listening wants to give me a better example, and I've seen a lot of Studio Ghibli stuff and a lot of, like, um, other animes over the years, and I'm not saying there's not ones that are nearly as good, but I think this is probably the best animated, 2D animated film I've ever
1: seen. And this was made, like, Thirty three years ago, that- I do you know what? If you're talking about just two D animation, yeah, because some some of the some of the animated films that come out certainly from Asia Asia now, where they sort of they it's not retrofitted, but what's the stuff they use as well as two D, three D, I guess, like yeah. You, um, what's that film that I told you to watch? Is it Your Name? Oh right, yeah. Yeah, do you know? Do you know the asteroid scene in that? Yeah, that's like that's like
2: that's like three D animation, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, they stuff. they
1: include three D animation in it, don't they? Yeah. So if you are talking about simply two D animation, yeah, I go along with you. Akira is the best film I've watched.
2: Like I know Studio Ghibli and like Miyazaki always gets props and stuff, but I'm like, what's that? i rightly so because they look amazing. And like that film Jinron that came out, remember I showed you the one time when they're in the sewers and stuff? Oh yeah, but they yeah. like, they look they look amazing. But, like, I don't know, but Akira just looks like, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's so
1: fluid, like, everything's always moving. I, I'll tell you what it is with Akira. I'll give you one word. Vibrant. Absolutely. It's, it, it, the, 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 every scene or image, is, it pops, doesn't it? But
0: do you know why, though? Because they use something like 300 and... When I got my notes here. 327 different colours throughout mm. the film. And a, and a film and an animated film would never do that in that time anyway i don't know if they the today's sort of market is but
1: you, do you think as well though that, i don't know if i'm if we've already answered it but do you think because we were so used to disney and it then was just so along. different though wasn't it yeah
0: so so different to disney you you, you know oh. we, 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 we would you know we'd never come across anything like that
2: i'm gonna say something really like no, I like Disney films. I'm a big fan of Disney films. But what I will say with this film as over well Disney films is so it's so fucking atmospheric. This film is. I mean, yeah. You are really in that world. When you when you watch this, you are like you feel like you're in that post-apocalyptic Japan. And I think that's something that this film really makes use of the um, you know, doing things you can't do with 2D animation. If you know what I mean?
1: I'm like, gonna say one thing about the film, and you could put this down as one of the Good aspects. I suppose the animation style is already a good aspect that we're touching upon. But another yeah. thing is as well, is that even though it's as we've said vibrant and it pops and it looks amazing, yeah. there's still a grittiness to it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But also though, the film the film is like 99 percent set at night, so because yeah. it's got that darker tone to it, they've had, and that's one of the reasons why they use so many different colors. That um, I I just think it it adds to it. You know, that grittiness of it being at night, the fact they've had to use so many different colors, which, like you say, make it pop and make it vibrant, it's going to have a lasting effect on it. Yeah.
2: It looks outstanding. And like, we'll get on to sort of things, issues with it, because I'm just going to say there are a couple of issues with the film, which I know. I've
1: got one massive issue with it, but we'll get to it. But they're not. But don't
2: worry, listeners, it's not It's not that bad of a deal. You know, don't think we're going to shit on the film too much. But uh, but I, I'll save that for later on and then use the animation as, a, as an example later.
0: I'll move on to the favourite aspect then. And we've mentioned a couple of it, or, or a couple of things already. I'll jump on there. But two things for me. The graphic nature of it, at the time when I watched it, was, wow, this is amazing. I've never seen anything like it before. And... To a certain degree, and I don't get me wrong, I have seen things like it, and we touched on it. I still think the look of the film holds up today. And we've mentioned already it is 33 years since it, oh, yeah, 33 34 years yeah. old. Come on, yeah, the, 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 it's it's brilliant, but also just like the, the, the graphic nature of it the fact that right at the very beginning of the film, something's happening. You think, Oh, Winnie, what's going on here? All of a sudden, two dogs, poop, poop, get popped off right in front of you. And you think, whoa, whoa, whoa. When you never see, like, animals getting killed, or you, you sort of do get, see them getting killed, but not in the way that you just see them getting shot between the eyes at the beginning of this film. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing for me is the score. I think the score is brilliant.
2: The oh, score yeah, it's is cool. amazing. I, think, I swear to God, when I watch this film, other films have kind of copied the score a little bit in parts. Because, like, some of the score sounds really familiar from other films. I'm like, I'm like I've ever, I just I just think some of the films have been inspired by it quite a lot, like, especially the more slow parts.
0: What other aspects have people got?
2: Like, we, we touched upon it in, in the open talk, but I, I do like how fucking unforgiving this film is. I mean, we talk about stakes in a movie, you know, no one's safe in this film. And, like, some of it, I, I quite like the fact that it just veers into, like, how it just kind of becomes a fucking horror movie by the end of it. That mm. girl getting crushed by the by the big blob monster at the end is horrifying. When that poor girl is in the in the blob, going no, and she just gets crushed alive. It's it's, it's, a, it's great stuff. I, I but my my favorite my my well no we're doing favorite aspects on favorite scenes, but um, I, I don't know. It's just I, I love Canada. I think he's a brilliant lead character as well. I think he's a I think that's a great lead character in a movie. And I love the I love his and Tetsuo's sort of like brotherly relationship. I know even at the end, Tetsuo still can't find it within himself to like kill Canada, even though he easily can do it. I don't know. I, I really like that I really like that aspect to it.
0: Um, Tatsuo, right? Do you reckon he looks a little bit like Ant from Ant and Deck?
2: <laughs> he does
1: with it with
0: a massive forehead. <laughs> he does at the
1: end, yeah, But his forehead's bulging because he plays psychic powers. Are you yeah. seeing uh, Akira is the alternate universe version of Anton Deck? <laughs> well,
2: it might be Japanese version. Do you think Anton Ant Deck could ever do that? If he ever, if he ever walks out on Saturday Night Project with a red cape on, I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna get to the nearest airport. I think.
0: I was watching it. and I was just thinking, yeah. And I had that moment where I was thinking, right, okay, which one's Anthem, Which one's Deck? Which one's Deck? And which one's the one with the f- massive forehead?
2: So. Oh, he's such a cock, though, and he's tattooed. You're just like mate, You're a dick.
1: Yeah, but we know. were discussing this last night when we. I, I think initially his uh, relationship with Canada has has come to a point where he's almost like. Trying to be defiant, isn't he? Trying to say, no, I can look after myself. It's almost like he's throwing his toys out the pram. But I think when he starts getting these powers, I don't think it's that attitude he's now got. It's, or he's got that attitude, but it's amplified because I think he's just going absolutely insane because of what's happening to him.
2: Let me ask you a question, right? And I'm going to frame this with you and Andrew because you went to school together and you're quite close friends. You, wouldn't, you have a, Let's pretend that you're into comp or ever now, and you have that motorbike, or something close to that motorbike in Akira. Andrew's been off school for a couple of days. You look out the window, and Andrew's just riding off on your bike. What do you think?
1: And I pinched his bike. I was like, what a tick. Can I pinch his bike? <laughs> well, <laughs> what the thing you is, is Andrew bike. wouldn't just pinch my bike. He'd come into the class, he'd go, Prog, can I borrow your bike? And I'd be like, yeah, go on then, if you want. If you looked at the window, and he just took your bike, and was riding off with a cigarette miss- with, 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 let's let's on the back seat, like that. Uh, the thing is with that scene though, where's the keys for the bike? He must just leave them in the. You must just, must leave, them just leave them in the bike. I think he's so feared no one will nick that bike.
0: But, <laughs> this is the thing I have with the film, right? He's supposed to be like 14, 15, m- maybe a little bit older for that. And they're like a, you know, a gang who go up against what I can only imagine are adults dressed as clowns.
2: That's the thing. That's the thing in Japanese movies. They love teenage gangs. They love... Things like I've seen, there are so many Japanese films in anime where there's like a, a rogue teenage gang of hoodlums and they're your main characters. They just, they love that, they love that trope so much. They just love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're always, up against like a Akuza or something and yeah, you're a 15 year old gang member.
2: But then again, in Japan, you're in high school till you're 20. So they could be 18, 19. Are ah, they? they you, I don't know, but I'm just saying they could be that old because you, you know, you're in school much longer in Japan schools. school I think I'm pretty sure school's Monday to Saturday in Japan. Oof. Monday to Saturday and it's um eight till six PM. Rough. That's rough, isn't it. <laughs> from from the age of five until you're twenty. That's it. Every yeah, day.
0: Different work ethic over there
2: though. Yeah,
0: that's what they do.
2: They go off and make it, they go off and make films like Akira and we go off and make films like the bloody veil. Vale. No wonder.
1: <laughs> hey. <laughs> You ask people which one they'd rather watch, but exactly. Akira. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe we can, we should make that a poll on Twitter. Which would you rather watch, The Bale or Akira?
1: <laughs> and then get really upset when we see the results coming in. I like how it mashes loads of different genres together. Yeah, like you've got the the supernatural, not supernatural. We got the science fiction elements with the the children and the ESP and what's happening to Tetsuo. You've got the, you know, almost urban gang violence of Canada and and his gang. And then obviously we've touched upon the, you know, the violent nature of the film as well. But yeah, I just like that. There's there's so many different things happening within the film. And I know that's got to do with them having to whittle down. How many pages did you say the manga was? Or how many novels of the manga with it? Well, there's six the six installments of the
2: manga, each one is about four hundred pages long. So, what's four hundred times six? Two thousand four hundred. Yeah, Two thousand four hundred pages, rough, roughly.
0: When this was produced, they hadn't finished the manga series, then had they?
2: No. It's A bit the like sh- I think Game of the story. Thrones. The story goes is that um they, they went up the, the the manga was very popular, and if you ever. Anyone listening right now, I, to you guys as well, go on Google sometime and just type in Akira manga artwork because the artwork in the manga is outstanding. It's amazing. That's one of my, that's another favorite aspect I want to get onto, is just the artwork and the background design of the film because Katsuhiro Otomo, is, I think he's one of the great like, comic artists, man. He, he's outstanding. But anyway, um, the story goes is that there was a lot of interest in making an anime of this. And I think Katsuhiro Otomo had kind of worked in the anime realm a couple of times already. And I think he'd seen other people's mangas getting like kind of like weirdly adapted. And I think he was because he kind of had, you know, on his side, the fact that is a very popular app manga. He kind of went, okay, you can make it as long as I can, you know, be the creative force behind the film as well. And I think that's what led him to being the writer and director and the sort of author behind the movie, basically. And um, yeah, I think it's a good. I'm really happy he got to make the film because I don't think the film would be near as good without him behind the uh, driving seat. Without, without him in the driving seat, basically. Yeah.
0: Moving on to favourite scene then, <clears throat> and um, I'll, well, I may as well give mine first. I quite like um, what I can only describe as the hallucination scene, the so the, within the hospital, where the toys that yeah. come into life.
2: It's gonna be mine as well. I love it. Oh, this.
0: it's brilliant. You you got the bear, the rabbit, and and the car, which are the representation of the, the what are they call the, called? Three, the three old lookers. Yeah. yeah, numbers. Um but but just like the background music and the you know the score yeah. and the, just the sounds and just the way it looks. I, I think it's a standout scene, definitely.
2: That song in that scene, I used to have a mixed CD years ago full of just like chilled out music, and like that was on my mixed CD of chilled out music. So when I, I just used to like sit down in my room and just listen when I'd be playing PlayStation 2 or something with a CD playing and like a cd ROM or CD-R in the back and that, that song would always come on in the middle of it I fucking love that I love that bit of music on that scene but um but um but but that's it, isn't it it's just that over and over again Oh, it's brilliant
0: and and uh, it's, it's very different I think to the other bits that you see to uh, prior in the film so the film is and Prague's touched upon it already. The film has a number of different aspects in it, or, or, or draws a number of different sort of like genres. But up until that point, you don't really get that sort of manga esque type look. If you get what I mean? You no, know, yeah. you know, Japanese films they go for the surreal, they go for the weird at times, mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking. Yeah, you know, and Prague, though, I am a fan of Studio Ghibli's th- things. I'm not like a massive fan, but I love when those just go fucking off the wall. And you know, that's sort of like you think, fucking, hell, I might, I might trip in you because some of the stuff I'm seeing. But yeah, that, that element is yeah, by far my favorite scene in the film.
2: I've got a, I've got a few favorite scenes. Second right to go through, but um, I'm going to start off with the opening bike chase. Come on, that's one of the. But I've got a cool story behind that as well. Like when I was um, doing my teacher training, because I was going off to teach on a media course, I had to do like a sort of media lesson. So I did, I I made like a half an hour lesson about animation. Um, And the thing was about classroom, it was like a sort of demo class. It was like other people trying to be teachers. So it was a bunch of like people like my age in their 20s and their 40s and stuff. And um, most of them have never seen anime before. And I showed that scene as an example in my lesson. And like four, four or five people afterwards are like, what was that film from? Like they wanted to go and watch it themselves. Because they were like, they were like, I never, I, they were like, I, I, they were like, when you first started doing your lesson and started talking about anime and animation, I wasn't that interested. But that film scene was fucking amazing. And they went off and watched Akira because of just that one scene. So I think that's 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 really awesome. Um, but yeah, it just really gets you into the film that scene does as well. And the music on that scene is but it goes
0: back to what we said earlier, and I think this film is a bit of a gateway film into the genre. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's a perfect example of, you know, it's it's taken the genre and done it so well that, yeah, I can fully understand why it would be people's first film. Absolutely. And then they get hooked on other aspects of it. Absolutely. What else have we got, add?
2: Well, my... I won't give too many because I, I think Progs. I'm gonna leave some for Progs. But my my other favorite scene of this film is at the end, when he goes into um, when he goes into like um, stroke Akira, and he starts seeing the he starts seeing Tetsuo's memories. I don't know why but I, lo- I love that scene. And it's just like when it's just all quiet, and it's just like all them riding around their bikes before everything went to shit basically, and you see all the yeah. flashbacks to when he in school. I absolutely like. I get goosebumps when that scene comes on. I absolutely. I don't know what it is about those scenes, but they just really like,
1: I don't know, they just kind of stir some emotion in me. I love them.
0: What have you got, Brock? Uh,
1: Well, my favorite scene is the scene that got me into the film when I was younger. And it's uh, the guy taking one of the, trying to get one of the numbers away from the military. Takashi. Yeah. And he's dragging him through the city and confronted by all those police officers. And he has that. He shoots the dogs, and then they. he points a gun at them. trying to. He's just trying to shoot the lights, but then they shoot him, and, the, and they, they say there's a kid there, and the kid just walks off to the side, and then they mow that guy down, and the kid like screams, and then the buildings, all the glass shatters, and something comes off the side of the building. And I just love that at the moment, that, what they do is they just tease the sort of science fiction element for you, Oh, certainly for me, and like it's that is my hook every time I watch the film. I, I do I do really like the, the bike uh chase or fight, whatever you want to call it. I think it looks incredible. But what actually gets me into the story is what's happening with them trying to free Takeshi or t- sorry, Takashi, and then from there I'm just in the film then.
0: It, it what I love about it is <clears throat> you, you you know something's happening because he's trying to get that what you think is a child away yeah but then you see the child and it's got a, a really old face and you, you're just intrigued you're like well what's going yeah, on you see, And you want to know
2: more
1: yeah it's like Adam when money I'm gonna be out <laughs> whatever
2: <laughs> no, like um, they, they're quite creepy they those like those little kids. Mm, so so even, the
0: one okay. thing I wanted to ask, and I may have missed this, so how what's the age or what's the time difference between when they're
1: having the experiments done on them? Well, they the, were children the when Akira was a child as well. So they, they were around when Akira was first around.
0: And, and because of Akira, that's when the first atomic bomb went off?
1: Yeah, Akira was the bomb. I think. All oh, right. Yeah, so they're, they're thirty-one years older then,
2: because it's like it's like yeah. the film starts in eighty-eight, and then it's like 2019. So they they'd be
1: like, God, they'd be like they're those kids old. are nearly forty, but they still look like kids. And I think the reason they still look like kids is because of the abilities that they have. Yeah.
0: So are you saying then that they're forty when the bomb goes off?
1: No, so- no, no. The oh, no, they're 40 in the film. Oh, okay. But they're all looking 40 year olds, are not they? i say all right no. Well, they yeah, but they their growth and maturity has been stunted, possibly probably, most probably because of the powers and abilities they have, but also because of the environment they've been brought up in. Yeah. But they
2: they look old, they look haggard in the face, don't they? They
1: look much yeah. older than like you you guys don't have faces like that. Not yet, ba- no, yeah, Baby faces me in Prague.
2: Mm. But like they must have. I, I, a- I've
1: I've looked my age for twenty years. Wow!
0: <laughs> if you had a HD camera on me right now, I'd look really old.
1: <laughs> You'd look like uh, Zelda out the Terra Hawks, wouldn't you? Right?
0: <laughs> uh, that, that's just gone straight over Adam's head.
1: No, no I, I showed saw him, that. him I, I showed I- him the other day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I a to love Terrorhawks but fuck me Zelda used to pull the shits at me
1: yeah
2: I know why oh what we want what we want favorite scenes right yeah, yeah. You-, you can
1: knock a couple of those off if you want oh, yes, there's loads of things I can go through there but um, mm-hmm. I-, I love this, I I'm that. with you like there's so many like things sewer- that are good in this film like the sewer chase scenes
2: and stuff like I, I love it I love the scene when like Tetsuo first breaks out of the lab yeah and then he's in the air going oh I can fly and stuff like that he's I, I know the dialogue's a bit corny and we'll get into that and changes, but like, you know, I, I, I man, there's, there's so much of this film I love, man. Like, they, and there are a couple of bits where it's a bit slow and it does drag a little bit, but like, again, we'll get onto that in a minute. I think there's a way that could have been fixed and we'll get onto that when we we'll get the changes, but like, aside from that, the film is just like, or oh, the film is pretty, it's 99.9% fire.
1: Come on, and we may as well move on to changes. Can I go first? Yeah, go on. Okay, right. So the one major change I have, and I, I can't help it, right? But there is so much exposition in the dialogue that, some, that now and again it just switches me off from the film. Yeah, but in
2: the I'm not saying you're wrong, but like, but that is sort of like where you go. with.
1: I think that's just from the fact it's a manga. Manga- I, I'm not, but I'm not disputing that, right? And if that's inherent in anime and manga culture or, you know, the writings of that, of manga, I'm not going to say they need to change it all. I'm just saying when I watch the film, I don't need that crap. You but, know, but I,
0: it's, it's funny, right? Because one of my changes also is that there's... The film also needs some explaining... Does, times yeah, in that but, film I don't, just don't know what's fucking happening.
1: Yeah, it does need... I, I I agree, right? It's it's a fine line, isn't it? I agree it needs some explaining, but the kind of exposition that they're putting in, it's just so... They may as well have one of the characters turn to the camera and say, this is for you. Yeah. It's like, it's, and what I mean by that is it's so on-the-nose expositional. There's, there's almost like... And I don't know whether this is just because of the dubbing or the, the way the the British or English language translations come across, but it's so on the nose trying to explain to viewers what's going on. It's, it, it just comes across to me like they, they almost... And I, I know this isn't the case, but it just feels to me that they almost can't be bothered to try and write it realistically into the script or the but story. Like- I'm going to, maybe that's just a thing. Like, we, we talked about it when we did Mad Max.
2: Katehiro Otomo, outstanding artist and storyteller, but maybe like just writing dialogue isn't, wasn't his, and he was the writer and director. Maybe that just wasn't his strong suit. Yeah. But like, I used, you find it a lot in anime. You find that a lot in anime though. Like, sometimes, like, but not all anime,
1: because I can give some examples of, of anime that but but have brilliant dialogue. Well, like, there's there's one there's one element of the exposition that I that sits okay with me, and it's when no Kyoko, the yeah. the female number, yeah, it's when she uses K to get to Tetsuo, yeah, uh, and and she's explaining to K, she's almost talking to K like we've got to do this this and this because of this, and I'm like. I'm all right with that happening because Kay doesn't know what's going on or Kay needs to know certain things in order to perform a certain, or act a certain way. I'm okay with that. Even though that's still exposition, that exposition is excusable because the character itself needs to know it. Yeah. But there are too many times where the characters seem to be talking to each other and the dialogue isn't for the purpose of that character, it's for the audience itself. And I don't like that type of dialogue. It just, I, I never have, and I never will. Well,
2: yeah, I
1: we're
2: going to say manga, it, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anime, it. Sorry, if um, you
1: were it, but... What have you got? Oh, Can I also say one more, sorry? Tetsuo, oh, Tetsuo in Canada just shouted each other all the way through the film. No, that's 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 just <laughs> Japanese films, man.
0: I, I've, I, I prog- I've got it down as my notes as well. I said, yeah. all anime characters seem to just shout a lot.
2: Yeah. yeah. Not just anime, Japanese films as well. Like, I don't know what it is of Japanese filmmakers that are just like, these two characters need to fucking belt it out each other right now. And just scream at one another. I, I just <laughs> think back to like Pokemon cartoon it. as well. Oh, yeah. They, they always just just shout at each other. The only like, the only films I can think about but don't do it, like, because my, one of my, my, one of my top five directors and this guy's films, some of his films are in my top films of all time, was an anime director called Satoshi Kon, and he's, he's dead now, he died really young, he's only about 40 odd and he died, but like, he only made, and he only made about five films, but his films are very realistic, and when you watch them, they are like films, they're like, they're not like anime, they're like movies, they, the characters talk, the characters have very realistic dialogue, They live very realistic lives. And there's none of this like, like at each other all the way through. It's just very subdued and stuff. And they work brilliantly. So anime can fail, can go without those shouting at each other things.
1: I'd be be interested
2: to rewatch Ghost in the Shell because I don't remember that being shouty. No, that's not, it's not that shouty either. That's very philosophical and Mm. again, subdued and there's exposition in it. Yes. Yeah. I think there needs to be exposition in that though because it's quite complex. The story is, but like, but there's none of this, like, also Akira has the goofy anime stuff to it as well. Like, they have, like, Canada, when he's, like, got his hair swept back, and he's doing, like, like when the kids are all walking around of each other, and they're slapping each other across the head and stuff. It, it has that goofy anime vibe to it sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I'm yeah. explaining myself quite a lot, but that, that sort of humor, it loves. And I like that stuff, but, like, it's just, I guess it's, like, a sign of the time it was made in, basically. Is like we were talking about films, Ghost in the Shell and Perfect Blue and stuff, those mm. all came, those all like a decade later. So, maybe would, you, would
1: you say that the anime films that you've watched lately, that have come out lately, they don't sort of have those elements as much anymore? Some of them do, like Your Name has it a bit. Like, yeah. I, watched your, I think Your Name had it,
2: like the goofy anime joke. And I love Your Name. No, oh, no, sorry, but I was on about the expositional. Oh, no, oh, no. That's, that's 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 slid away that it's over the years. That yeah. is. I think I think it's because like like anime wasn't a brand new medium at this point because anime was they'd be making anime throughout the fifties and stuff, but I think it was very like localized to Japan in the eighties. The only animes you got coming over here then were like speed racing and stuff before before Kira. And I think I think it's just a symptom of just like being like quite early adopters, quite early ones coming out. They hadn't quite like figured through like it's like when you watch a film from the fifties, man. We talked about this earlier today with Tom. Like when you watch a film from the fifties, they kind of the, the dialogues on like it's it's like a different sort of vibe to it. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's very strange. But a change I want to bring up though, and this is quite a weird one to bring up. I reckon this film would be better if it was way longer. And like I know that sounds a bit weird to say, but I think this is one of the few films I wish was like an extra hour long, or was like two two hour films, so like a four hour story or something, because the manga is huge. And you can kind of tell when you watch the film where they're skipping things out. Mm. And I think that's when it gets a bit confusing. My brother has read all of the comics. And my brother was telling me once that like the comics are way much there's way more going on. And he said things like, No that that character, which is like he's, he's like that a spiritual guy, and he's praying, and he's got the round glasses on and the big like wig and stuff on, and he's, yeah. wearing, he's wearing the food. Och- my brother said there's like chapters and chapters all about him in the in the in the in the comics. There's and it goes way past the end of the film when they ride off into the sunset. There's more stuff about what happens after, and um and my brother, who's a bigger anime fan and manga fan than I am, he likes the film, but he he takes big issue with how much they just breeze past, and he's like he says but when you watch the film he says but you can tell with it's like half of the first book or the first book is like the first like 40 minutes and then they rush through like six books like bam 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 and then the last part of the film is like the fifth comic and he says it's very weird to watch the film after
1: you've read the comic books we should have got him in this podcast he would have been able to explain that much more but um, do you uh, do you think they'll be able to sort that out when they do the live action film
2: no Absolutely, not. I reckon they'll make the live action film like a goofy comedy, like a Marvel sort of movie or something. I reckon if you were gonna, I genuinely, if you're gonna make this again, just make a like, TV series off it. And I'm not saying don't make a live action, but like, I just don't see why you wouldn't just make like a TV show of it, man. Because there's so much material with it. Make like, make something that can be like five seasons long or something, or six seasons. And make each book like a mini series or something. You know, better if it's an anime.
1: In my opinion, but well, that's
0: the way uh, things are going these days now. It's you know, there is a push now to make some form of streaming um, series, and you know, the the, the sort of the the novelization of it or the manga version of it is there, so why wouldn't you?
2: And also, I don't get why they have to make it American as well. I mean, fucking that Squid Games, I know it's Korean, not Japanese, but that Squid Games has done massive business on um, Netflix. Why not just make a Japanese series with Japanese actors, like you should be, and then just put that on Netflix? People like what people will take watching subtitled films and stuff now. They will, and you could even make an animation. I mean, look at that Attack on Titan. That did massive numbers on Netflix, and that's an anime. Even though I've never watched it.
0: Well, they contemplated a live action um, version of it in the nineties, didn't they? But the the budget supposedly skyrocketed to something like three hundred million, so they canned it.
2: Right now they're making it with Taika Waititi attached to it. He was a good director. I think he's a really cool director. But I don't think he's going to do this any justice. You know what I mean? I mean? Well,
0: as soon as you say his name, I, I you, the comedy element of it, yeah, stands out for me, and I'm yeah. like
2: again, you know, hey, but like then I remember when before Joker came out and Todd Phillips is behind there, and I like Todd Phillips, and I was like, what's yeah. why, why is he doing that? And then all of a sudden Joker comes out, And I'm like that's fucking amazing. So you know, Taiko Waititi, maybe he will make it. and Maybe, you know, he'll come out in three or four years' time with this Akira film, and I'm like, wow, that is Akira. Fuck the anime. It could happen. It doubt could it. happen, yeah. It could happen. But I, I highly doubt it. I reckon just make a TV series off it. That's what they should do. Because it's too much story to tell in two hours. It's just too much story. There's too much lore to it and stuff. It's like, imagine trying to make, um, like, Star Wars 1, 2, and 3 a 90-minute movie. Like, all of them come, crash into
1: one film. It would just be weird, you know? probably could. Yeah, you probably actually could, yeah. You probably could, actually. I think they did, didn't they? Wasn't that, the, wasn't that the first film back of the new trilogy? Well, Attack of the Clone should have only been four minutes long. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Attack but, of the Clone should have just been the hanging of Jar Jar Binks, and then they should have moved yeah. on. Everyone's wanking and clapping, and then the thumbs ends. <laughs> I actually, like,
2: sorry to go being into Star Wars, right, but I'm just going to put this out there right now. I actually quite like Episode 1. I know everyone hates that film. And like maybe you two hate it more than I will because you were much more into Star
1: Wars when you were kids, but I quite like episode one. I'm going to say no. I don't hate number one. Yeah. I, I hate, I, I I hate, hate elements of number one.
2: The only Star Wars film I really like from the old trilogy is Empire Strikes Back. I'm not bothered about the first and third one. I like Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi is okay. I... When I've when I've gone back and watched Star Wars, I'll never watch the first one on a rewatch because I find it quite boring. The first ever one.
1: How dare you! I love them all.
2: I'd I'd watch I don't hate one, it. two, and three again. Personally. I don't hate. I don't hate the new hope. I'm just, just let me put that straight. Up. I'm just saying like, you know, Empire Strikes Back is just you just kind of it's like Mad Max Two and stuff in it. You just kind of zip to Empire Strikes Back and you're like, okay, we don't even really need the first one. I've seen it once. Empire is the one.
0: Can I tell you some of all my changes?
2: Yes, go on, but in Star Wars now.
0: <laughs> yeah, are we talking about Star Wars, are we? Um, <laughs> yeah. The film does say set in 2019, and we've recently done Mad Max, and I said one of the things I loved about Mad Max is they didn't give a date. It was a, a few years from now. So all of a sudden, the, the, the film is dated in that element. But, hey. Hey.
2: But one thing, though, which is quite spooky, they predicted Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Yeah. And there would be an end-of-the-world scenario going on. And there was with COVID-19 and the first lockdown. Everyone was kind of like, This is. Oh, I'd get over it. Man. <laughs> I'm just saying, you always say psychics aren't real. But the <laughs> the thing... Did you say psychics?
0: Side
2: psychics, <laughs> side, I said. Like <laughs> psychic powers and stuff. Psychic powers, right. I said you said. Sidekicks. No. Rob- Robin side-kicks. isn't real. I said side. I said sidekicks, not sidekicks. I know what I'm talking about.
0: Um, the final change for me then is that there are a couple of continuity errors in there, and they're, but they're more to do with the animation. So um, really good example when Canada um, steals. No, no um, What's his name? He steals the X-O-O. bike. Yeah, he steals the bike with a girl. Yeah, They then get caught by the gang and the gang sort of rip the girl's top open, beat her up and she got black eyes. There's a scene then, like a couple of bits later, where she, there's nothing wrong with her.
1: And she's got the same top on.
0: Yeah, well, your top is ripped, but like your face is normal. Whereas like mm. a couple of like shots before that. But uh, like it's one or two tiny little continuity errors and nothing. You know, the film
2: is still bloody awesome. Maybe she's two of those tops. Yeah. well maybe she's like you with pants but we're not getting we're not getting into that on this pod actually we are <laughs> going to get into that on this podcast I think people can relate to this right? I actually I want to bring this up to Andrew right me and Prog live together right so sometimes on occasion you'll see me walk to the bathroom in my t-shirt and pants or something
1: no he, not t-shirt just or, pants
2: or just my pants who cares like you know it, it happens but like I like to buy the same pants all the time right? I buy the same pair of box but the same sets of boxes all because the they're comfortable I know that they're nice boxes prog is like they're grey and they're shit, and he, they don't look nice. To which I say, most people don't see my
1: boxes. Who cares what I'm wearing underneath there? Andrew, do you relate to this? Now, prog- I, hang on a minute, though. Can I just can I just expand a little bit on my argument? Because uh, you know, okay. all I said, well, not, not all I said, but my the thrust of my argument was, why not just have a little bit of colour in your underpants, not just for you. But also for your partner, who probably is sick of the sight of grey pants. Yeah, but like the presence underneath for a start. And like also, I'm not about dancing around in my pants in the room all the time. And um, do you know that Frank Skinner? <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> I know what, what I am him dancing <laughs> in his white
0: pants.
2: I forgot all about that, so you just mentioned that. No, like, you know. Just, just, they're just gray pants. I have two. Actually, I have two. The sets I buy I have two is black and gray. It's pitch black and it's gray pants. I have pitch always look black.
0: On. When you say gray, do you mean like light color,
1: like dark gray? It's not dark gray. They're just, they are just gray. They are like washed out, horrible, been worn for 10 years, gray. Well, I have like if you were on my pants straw, you'd laugh actually because you would
2: find about like thirty pairs of those pants in there. <laughs> but how do have...
0: you know which ones are old and which ones aren't old if you buy the same ones all the time?
2: Well, they st- I I I check pants out when they start when the back when you just the band starts to go. That's when, when I chuck- the fr- when they start fraying, is it? When the when your when balls the lamp,
0: start hanging through the holes.
2: Yeah, you kind of as soon as a hole as soon as a hole appears in the gusset, they're gone because. That's when pants are just kind of they've had their day then, haven't they? Time to go in the bin,
0: right? I um, prog, are you a boxers man or are you a pants man?
1: Oh, no, I'm a loose boxers. Okay. A it, it
0: doesn't really matter, right? But I got a, I got um,
1: oh, good, uh, I'm glad.
0: <laughs> I, I, I've got a bit of um, a quest for both of you to see how you feel about this scenario, right? And it happened to me the other night. And um, I don't know how Do you I feel about Kira
1: podcast to take this turn. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: this, this is going to be a good one. I'm sure it is, right? But I'm, you know, of a certain age now that I sometimes need to get up in the night to have a wee. Yeah. And um, when I say that, of a certain age, I think I've always done it. And I went to the toilet, um, and what I normally sleep in is just my pants. And when it's in the middle of the night, I will just walk straight to the toilet and I'm in my pants. This one particular night, I was a little bit sleepy. And I sat straight down on the toilet, and without even thinking about it, rather than pulling my trousers, my pants all the way down, I sat there and just pulled them to one side <laughs> to let my junk out. And I had a wee, right? Wow! So this it's a little bit weird, but it, but try it,
2: and tell me. Can I just say though? Right, um, I just need to kind of get the physics of this down. You sat on the toilet in your pants. And you pulled the leg over to let your winky hang out. Is that what you're saying? W-
0: winky and balls, yeah.
2: Everything hanging so out. So you sat down with your pants on and
0: slung it out of the leg? Yeah, the leg, yeah. So, so not, not if you're wearing a pair of pants that's going through the front, don't do that. Through the side and through the leg, right? So you had white fronts on? No, 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 I had um, boxers on.
1: Right, sorry. You,
0: the, yeah, yeah, what the I'm pants, saying is not don't. through the front, but through the leg. So, but, but I wear trunks rather than boxes, but it'll work either way, right? So what I'm trying to get to is, right, it's the weirdest feeling in the world. It feels like you're about to have a piss in your pants. <laughs> so
2: my quest for you guys is try it and report so, back to me. So the podcast after this one, like, make sure you time it right now. So because we record these in a, in a, in a And
0: they, they always go out in the order we record them anyway, roughly.
2: Okay, so the next episode of the, I don't know what film we're doing next. We will break to have a quick conversation about peeing with pants on, sat on the toilet. We'll do that. But going to the Y-fronts thing. Like, all right, um, this is so off-topic now. But I used to wear Y-fronts when I went to school. I, st- I I stopped wearing boxes for a while because one time in, P- in PE I was sat on the bench in my shorts, looked down, and my knob had been hanging out for <laughs> I don't know how long, and I don't know if anyone else saw it happen, but I looked down. I was wearing my I was wearing my PE shorts and I was like, it's a bit cold in you. I looked and my cock was just hanging out. Like I mean, not just the tip of it, it was just out of my shorts. And I was like, like that. And I didn't wear boxes again. Well, at least on days I wore PE for years. I had a PTSD about wearing boxes for a long we, time. We
0: we to an all boys school, it didn't matter. Yeah.
2: The teacher it was I just always remember that. And like that whole thing when you're looking around, you're like, did anyone notice that? How long was that happening for? I could, I could, it just felt cold against the wood on the bench I was sat on. But I've uh, always remembered that.
0: But anyway, I encourage you to try it just to see how weird
2: it feels. Right. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I will end to give it a go. I'm going to do it after this uh, podcast, actually, because I, I got
0: to. Right yeah. I, I reckon do it maybe you know, as you're about to go to bed or if you wake up in the night to go to the toilet, just so it feels a little bit even more weird.
2: So I do my last week. And I go to sleep and then I always wake I I I'd never wake up to go for a pee in the
1: middle of the night. Uh the amount of water I drink, I've got to go for a I it's more often than not, I have to go for one.
0: I also get woken up by Rachel going to the toilet and then inevitably then I'm like, oh,
2: I may as well go. Take me for the set of Do you have an ensuite in your house or do you have to go downstairs?
0: No, I just go in a bucket, normally in the corner of the room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> just check it out of the window, like yeah. Like in the days when cholera was going around, just
0: like here we are. We have a b day in the in the um, in the bedroom, but no toilet. Just, just <laughs> like to clean our ass in the toilet and the bedroom. Uh, no. no, we um we only yeah we have a one bathroom upstairs and used by everyone. <laughs> Where do we go from here?
2: A, a tangent to go a on.
0: A, here. <laughs> a couple of facts. I may as well throw them in there. This um, normally happens in Japanese, in American films, but not in Japanese films, where the voice acting was recorded first and the animation came later. So it's a little bit different to what they would normally
2: do in, um, in Japan. That is one of the issues, though, because um, I had this on 4K, right? And they did this... The company that did the 4K did this really annoying thing where they didn't do a sound mix on the Japanese dub. They only did the sound mix on the, um, on the English dub, right? So, me and Prague wanted to watch this in Japanese with the subtitles on because it's better to watch it that way because the mouth movement is more impressive because it goes exactly with the dialogue. Yeah. But, you know, and I have seen it like that before. The first time I have watched it was like that and it was great. But, um, yeah, that's, that's that's the one annoyance about, to anyone thinking of buying us in the 4K, bear that in mind.
0: Um, due to its unique Japanese concept, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg claimed the movie would be completely unmarketable in the United States of America. Cunts. But, uh,
2: <laughs> think of that what you, what you will. Fucking jealous cunts, that's what they are. But I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, the, I hope the Japanese hated E.T. in Star Wars.
0: <laughs>
2: and then the final
0: point for me, Joey, no, not Joey, Johnny Young Bosch, I think that's how you say it, who was the English voice of Canada, went on to play the Black Power Rangers or Power Ranger in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, nice. So.
2: Well, did you know as well that this film? It, it, didn't it go over budget as well? Like, well, usually have the budgets. Didn't they like... 5.5 million I've got down. Yeah, but I think a big part of it went over budget just because of the paint. The paint made the film go over budget by, like, <laughs> a million or something, because they were using so much paints in the film. They were like, well, it was just fucked. Like, but like um, 160,000 cells of animation. 2,212
0: shots. Unbelievable.
2: I, I, took, I think it took like three or four years to animate as well. They started like the Akira committee in Japan and they just, and, and the, I, I saw a making of documentary of this before and you'd expect it to be like the biggest sweatshop of animators in the world working on this. But it's not, it's like a crew of ten or twelve people animating it. You're like, and I think one of the women that animated on this went on to be like a lead animator on Kiki's Delivery Service, and loads of Studio Ghibli films as well. So that's that's really cool. We should do more anime on this show. We I think we should. As well. We should get a cup. Like Princess Mononoke is a good one. That's like one of the first Studio Ghibli films I saw.
0: But I I'd love to so simply because I've done the mainstream yeah. ones. I you know I've seen the mainstream films, so I'd like to do you know, at least a couple that you would then suggest add only because you you know the genre.
2: We should do like we should just do erotic doji, and just go ball all in, and just, <laughs> just that'll get views. Erotic doji, the uh, pornographic anime which came out in the, uh,
1: which which uh, was one of the what, what was the one uh, you you watched with me because I hadn't seen it before. Oh, perfect blue. Perfect blue, I say, yeah. But by,
2: by the same yeah. director as Paprika, that is Satoshi right. Kon. Brilliant, brilliant film that from '97.
1: Really good film. Um, it's the it's the one that uh, it's the one that um, they base Black Swan on, isn't it? Or like has elements of Black Swan. Yeah, like Aronof, Darren Aronofsky. Like if you can tell he's inspired by him a
2: lot, and he pinches a lot. Not well, pinches, but pays homage to like a lot of his shots and camera angles in his films, and yeah. later on. Yeah, good. We should uh, we could do Cooks on the shelf, Studio Ghibli. What else is it? Like Street Fighter 2?
0: Right, we, we are wrapping up there. So, final question. Yes or no? Would you recommend, Prague?
1: Absolutely. Add Yes. Yeah,
0: 100% from me as well. Of course, I said yes. I think it's a brilliant film. And if you, if you haven't really watched this genre before, watch this as your first film. I, I would highly recommend it anyway so podcasts come out every Wednesday check out our social media, check out our YouTube channel and if you want us to do a film in the future, let us know. Cheers all!